In the name of Jesus, amen. That hymn we just sang, Jesus' priceless treasure is a treasure in itself. It's one of the great hymns of the Christian church and perhaps one of the greatest, perhaps the greatest of our Lutheran tradition, at least I'm, I'm partial to it. It does have six stanzas, which though by 17th century standards is probably below average, it might be a bit long for some tastes, so we will split it up between before and after, but it's impossible to, to cut out any of them. The words were written by a man named Johann Frank. He was a lawyer, eventually became the mayor of a town called Guben, uh, about 4,000 people in the 17th century in the far eastern part of Germany. Today, Gubin is half in Poland and half in, half in Germany. He wrote lots of poems. He's very, very talented. Um, perhaps because he was not a trained theologian, his, his hymns and his poetry is simple and unpretentious. A handful of them are, are still in our, our hymnal today. And Jesu uh, meine Freude, that's the the German translation, Jesus, my joy, it's his greatest. Afranc was born in 1618, which if you remember anything from Western Civ, which that might not be the case, <laughs> but if you do remember anything, you might know that 1618 was the year in which the Thirty Years' War started in Europe. Absolute devastation. Uh, Eight million dead from war and starvation and the plague, everyone fighting everyone else. Uh, I could not find out a whole lot else about Frank in his life, but born in such a place, Gubin, a town constantly beset by raiding soldiers from either side, in such an auspicious time, the first 10,000 days of Johann Frank's life lived during a massive war. He must have known a lot of sadness firsthand. I was able to find out uh, a bit more about another, another man. It turns out he's one of Johann Frank's good friends, another Johann. His name was Johann Krieger, a little bit older than Frank, but also from Gubin. Uh, Krieger was a master melody maker and publisher. He published the hymnal, which became the hymnal in Germany for over a hundred years, which is quite something for a hymnal. And Krieger, he played uh, Hammerstein to Frank's Rogers. He wrote the, the tunes to many of Frank's hymns, including the one we sang, some 15 of those tunes still in our hymnal. And about his sadness, we know. The plague came to Gubin in the 1630s. And in a matter of two years, Johann Krieger and his wife Maria buried all five of their children. Uh, he succumbed, nearly died himself, but somehow rallied only into a deep depression, which meant for several years the melody maker made no melodies. He did remarry a woman named Elizabeth, with whom he had 14 children, most of whom did not survive into adulthood. We've all known our hardships, uh, some more, some much more than others. And while it's a fool's errand to try to compare one person's griefs 
to another, it is hard to comprehend that kind of anguish. We have all our, our stuff going on now, but a story like Franks and especially Krieger's, it, it gives a certain perspective. But what perhaps is even harder to comprehend is that those two Johans, two friends, having lived when they did, where they did, through what they did, yet created this thing of beauty, this treasure we sang, this rock-solid testament and song of the gracious God who in the midst of unspeakable sorrow speaks unsilenceable strength. It was written in the 1650s, this particular hymn, one of the later ones, and I imagine, I'm just imagining, that Franck was perhaps putting his words together for his friend Johann Krieger, who maybe had just lost another of his own flesh. Tenth? Twelfth? Maybe writing through tears, maybe singing the song himself with his arm around his friend Krieger, who'd been struck dumb with grief. Jesu meine Freude. Jesus, my joy. That's the, the literal translation. And actually, so you can have the literal translation because it's beautiful in its simplicity. We have a great translation by another great gift to the church named Catherine Winkworth who translated dozens and dozens of hymns. But the literal translation is, is printed for you in the back. It says, Jesu, my joy, when there is none other, when there's nothing else could you be counted on for joy, Jesus will be my joy. He sings, Ach, wie lange. Achlange, which even if you don't know German, which I only know a smidge and you can feel it there, it's how long? How long will all of this go on? And then in the second verse, but under Jesus' protection, I'm free. Let Satan track me down, be as bitter as he wants, mere state Jesu by. Jesus stands by me. The third stands, I'm not going to go through them all, don't worry. <laughs> but verse three might be my favorite for its gutsiness. Especially in the, in the German translation, there's a word which is there three times. It's trotz. And trotz is a, a word you might translate like defiance, or it's even a, uh, just a preposition like in spite of. But I, I think perhaps the, uh, the uh, proper translation here in, in Frank's poem of trotz would be something like this. <laughs> <laughs> he says, trotz dem alten Drachen. That's the old dragon. <laughs> old dragon. Trotz des Todes rocking, the jaws of death. <laughs> you too. Trotz der Furcht dazu, <laughs> death. See you later. Fear, goodbye. Let all the world rage in the midst of all this, in the midst of the storm, the war, the death, the grief. What shall I do in the midst of all that breakdown in mush? Nine. Ich stehe hier und singe. I stand here and sing. And why? Because the end of the next stanza, because nicht. Von Jesu Scheiden. Nothing will separate from Jesus. If you're listening to the readings, you might know why this hymn was chosen. Actually, why the computer program that helps me pick hymns suggested we sing this one with these readings. Because it's almost a musical setting of our epistle reading from those last verses of Romans chapter 8. I don't know if Franck particularly had a Paul in mind, but he, he might have. That reading that we heard ends on the same exact note, Nitz von Jesus Scheid, and nothing will separate us, nothing will separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. 
In some ways, in writing those words years before, St. Paul was in the same position that Johann Frank was, Paul to the Romans and to us, as Frank was to his friend Krieger. Paul's a realist. He knows sin and brokenness. He knows that he's been on both the giving and the receiving end of both of them, and that those to whom he writes have also some as much or more than him. Just before, in chapter 8, we heard it last week, Paul is saying how to him it seems like the whole world and everyone in it is one big collective groan. (laughs) A giant cosmic ach vilanga. But then here, in the words we read, sang, without denying the anguish, no simple frosting on the bitterness, he takes his stand and sings. And how does Paul sing and what might be the most majestic paragraph of the whole of scriptures? He sings in four stanzas and begins each of them with a big who. He says, who can be against us? To which you might say, one moment, I've got a list. (laughs) You might say, the whole eighth grade is against me. (laughs) Or my parents who this don't get me. Or everyone at work who really doesn't seem to like me much. Or all the people who are supposed to be my friends, but lately seem like the competition. Shall I go on? Paul's inspired response? Fine answer. But why don't I tell you who is for you? Who is for you? He who did not spare his own son is for you. He who gave everything for you. He who, like a searcher of pearls, found a pearl of great price, you the pearl of great price, and sold everything, gave everything, bought you, not with gold or silver, but holy precious blood and innocent suffering and death, that you could be his own. He is for you. And when he is for you, who can be against you? Stanza 2, who will bring a charge against God's elect? Again, you might want to answer and say, hold on. You might want to answer the question and think of plenty of people who would just love to embarrass you. They'd love to see you knock down a pig or two or ten. Who would love to see all your once-closeted skeletons dancing in the street, but before you get a chance to answer, Paul sings his gospel song, Let Them Dance. <laughs> it's God who justifies, who sets free. They want to drag you into court, throw the book at you and count your sins? <laughs> you know the judge. You call him Father. Better the judge knows you. The judge knows you. Your name is in his book of life, and he declares you free of it all. Stanza three, who is it that condemns? Paul's on a roll. Who's going to give you the death penalty? What a terrifying question. Conscience makes cowards of us all, as it's been said. (laughs) Oh, the duns which we wish we could undo. And the undones that we wish we could make done. Oh, the temporal and eternal death penalty condemnation we justly deserve. Response. On you, death penalty. Too late. Someone's already borne it for me. Suffered, died, buried. Raised, and more than that, at the right hand of the Father right now, ready to shoot down any who dare bring any accusation against you. And finally, who will separate us from the love of Christ? So many things. 
I mean, so many times I have turned away from my Lord when everything was fine. (laughs) Imagine the mush I'm going to turn into when the stuff really hits the fan. (laughs) When tribulation or persecution or distress come. Or heck, maybe all of my sinning and yours, the sinning that I only seem to be getting better at as I get older, along with the fact that the world seems to be going to hell in a handbasket, maybe that means that we've already been cut off from the love of Jesus. Maybe Jesus has already thrown in the towel on us. Or double heck. Maybe this blustery sermon, extra loud, (laughs) is just that. A bunch of bluster. A bunch of hot air. uh, A bunch of too-good-to-be-true wish fulfillment. With everything that has gone down, is going down, and will go down. I mean, do you really believe this stuff? Maybe. Maybe not. And if you're not, or if you're having trouble, Paul and the Holy Spirit get it. They get your heart. See, if you're listening to that song, Paul's song, closely, you see that up to this point, to the last stanza, Paul has been all about us and we This is what we know. What do we say? It's all full of gutsy, confidence, faith. Faith, even when stuff hits the fan. Up to this point, Paul just assumes that everybody is singing along gustily. I'm God's pearl. Let the skeletons dance. I'm the death penalty. But now as he gets to the end, Paul gets the most real. When it comes to the answer in the final stanza, Paul, the realist Paul, Paul the pastor, Paul. He gives up the assumption that we're all singing along and admits that some, maybe it's the Johann Kriegers and those who shed his kind of tears, admits that some just can't bring themselves to make a melody. So at the end, instead of we, it's just I. Who will separate us? Well, I am sure, says Paul, I am convinced that nothing will separate us. And here, Paulus is most gracious. When things are so dark, so hard, so depressed, that you simply can't stand and sing, Paul says, I will sing for you. If I have faith that you need to borrow, lean on me. Someday I'll lean on you, but for now, I will do the singing. You might not be sure, so I'll be sure and convinced for you. Let me sing until you are convinced treasure of a song. Many others like it. Treasures of a passage, Jesu Mina Freuda, Romans chapter 8, they are beautiful, strong, faith-filled songs, but they are not songs for soloists. They are songs for choir only. They are for choir only because sometimes Johann Krieger's going to have trouble singing, have a hard time being sure about anything, as he stands in front of yet another little casket, he might just hate God, Johann Krieger. And who can blame him? And so he needs a friend, Johann Frank, to sing for him, to be convinced for him for a while. 
The songs that we sing here are for choir only, because you are going to have trouble singing sometimes, maybe a lot of times. And you will need the people around you to carry the tune, to carry you, to lend you some faith when you're down to your last pennies. Until you can finally say, Guten Nacht to the sadness and welcome the master of joy. Until you can sing like Franks around Kriegers, you let the rest of the choir put their arms around you and sing for you. I do this sometimes. I'm hidden back here. And if I stop singing, it's probably not because my voice has given out. It's because I want to listen to you. Because I want to hear you sing. I want to hear you be convinced, be confident for me. And what a gift that is. You should try it sometime. Not everyone at once. <laughs> Wouldn't work so well. But to sit and hear the faith of those around you, what a powerful gift. Until you can sing like Franks around Krugers, you let the rest of the choir put their arms around you and sing, I am sure that nothing will separate us. To sing to you and for you when you are having trouble singing yourself, that I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, Nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.